This is the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. Make yourself comfortable and fasten your seatbelt. Tom and his guests are about to share powerful stories, trade business building insights, and have a few laughs. Tom created this podcast to help you captivate prospects and inspire them to act so you can get more clients quickly and easily. That's what powerful storytelling is all about. That's what this podcast is all about. So let's get this party started. Here's your host, Tom Ruich. Hello, and welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. My name is Tom Ruich, and today's episode is called The Enduring Power of Email Marketing. My guest today is Kimberly Whitecamp, also known as the audience converter. Kimberly works with coaches to transform their word vomit into marketing that gets clients. She shows them what to say to bring clients that pay. Kimberly helps her clients create their full evergreen marketing needs that fits in their schedule, reflects their authentic self, and creates the time freedom they desire without losing their sanity. Some of her favorite client wins include crafting a first ever six-figure event, landing five new clients in six weeks, and because she loves to travel, helping four clients take business-free vacations, laptops left at home within months of working with her. I love that, by the way. I'm going to just interrupt the bio and say (laughs) that is a classic example of story powered marketing because uh, you know people talk all the time about oh stories are you have to stories are so long and i no 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 stories can be short little details about hey somebody went on a vacation and they didn't take their laptop that detail is all about the story of freedom and relief and getting away and not feeling like you have the burden of work on you great job kimberly i love that line in your bio all right back to your bio she relishes helping people take their big picture dreams and turn them into step-by-step action plans that convert. Kimberly Whitecamp, welcome to the Story Power Marketing Show. That is the very first time I have ever interrupted somebody's bio to praise it for its story power. So a well, special thank you. you. I feel honored. But yeah. How about that? <laughs> now, it, it, it's uh, we've been looking forward to this. I know I have because as we've gotten to know each other, we we see eye to eye on many, many things, including that enduring power of email marketing. I founded an email marketing company back in 2001, ran it for 19 years. So uh, I think it was probably five minutes after I started the company, five minutes after most people had not even heard of email marketing, that they started to tell me that email marketing was dead. Oh, uh, yes. That, that's gone on and on and on and on and on. But you know the truth. You know how powerful it is. You know it's far from dead. And you also know that it is really, really critical to help build solid relationships with prospects, with customers, with anyone who joins your list. And building that solid relationship begins with the very first email you send. So 
talk to us a little bit about that idea, building solid relationships through email from the very first message, message number one. Absolutely. Well, first, I want to say thanks again for having me on. I'm excited to be here and to talk all about the power of story and email marketing, one of my favorite topics to dive in and geek out on. Uh, So, you know, email number one, most people will say, oh, yeah, you know, the first email you send them needs to be powerful, blah, blah, blah. But they're not actually talking about the first email. The very first email anyone ever receives when you Uh, get them to say yes to being on your list, to saying yes, to being saying, I want to be subscribed, is the confirmation email. Is that Mm -hmm. double opt-in that if you are following best email practices will always land in their inbox. And it is the one time, the only time you can guarantee that somebody on your list is actually expecting you to send them an email. They've just asked for the thing. They really want the thing. So they're going to go check their inbox to get the thing. And even if something interrupts them, they're probably going to check within the day to make sure they got the thing so they can get what they asked for. And so many people ditch this opportunity to really make a real connection. What they do is they use what I like to call the boilerplate, right? Whatever email marketing system you have, they've got that very, uh, very exciting, exciting text that says something like, Thank you for subscribing. Please click the button below to make sure you want to hear from us. Confirm my subscription. Very not exciting, right? And it's not a great impression of who you are, what they can expect from you in the future, uh, what it's like to work with you, any of that. There's no branding, there's no personality, and there's none of you in the email. And it's the one email they're going to want. I am going to cut you off because just in that last paragraph, you said so much that is so powerful. Who you are, what's your personality, what's it like to work with you? All of those are huge, huge, huge things that are really the whole reason that I'm in business talking to people about story power, story and personality or or, or creative entertaining content is all about getting to those things. Who are you? What's it like to work with you? Entertaining, connecting, relationship building. And you're just so right that the templated emails, well, it's easy. I didn't have to write a follow-up email. All it it is is a transactional thing. Get them to click and opt in, and then I'll send them the newsletter whenever. It's not enough. It's a huge opportunity to make that first impression. So keep going. <laughs> it is a huge opportunity to make the first impression and it is your first impression, right? right? Maybe they've seen you out and about in the world, but they don't know what it's like to be on your list. So if that's the first message they get, are they excited to open the next one? My guess is no. However, it doesn't take that much to transform that really boring but necessary message into a way for you to start building a relationship with your people. Add an introduction, remind people who you are, say, hey, you know what? I know it's annoying. Speak out and say the things that everyone is already thinking, right? I have so many people who've asked me, they're like, but I hate those emails. They're so annoying. Do I really have to use them? The answer is yes, because you need to, but it's an opportunity for you. So tell people that. Be like, yeah, look, I know it's frustrating. I'm not in love with this either, but I really want to make sure that I'm in your inbox because you want me there. So click the button and then I'll give you the thing I promised. There you go. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and, and 
what I would say to that person is, I hate those emails. I don't want to send them. Do I have to? Well, what is it that you really hate about the emails? Well, what you hate about the emails is they're boring. They have no personality. It's all transactional. Have some fun with it. Put in some of that personality, begin, you know, weave it within other stuff. Yeah, you have to take care of the business of getting people to confirm the subscription or to download the thing that they asked for or whatever the case may be. But that doesn't mean it has to be boring. And that's your point, Kimberly. And that's such a critical thing, which leads to the the whole thing that you end up doing with email. And, And talk to us a little bit about your general email strategy and how it fits in all of those wins that I described in your bio. Absolutely. So my general email strategy is to start where you are Mm-hmm. And go on like you plan to go on, basically. So I have a lot of people, right? They're like, yeah, I haven't emailed my people in months. I've got a list. I'm not really using it. I'm like, okay, what is the most important part of that? The most important part of that is to not sending emails because the people on your list, they haven't heard from you for months. So a few more weeks is not going to make a huge difference to them. Mm-hmm. But the important thing is to build the habit, mm-hmm. right? So what I have people do is like, okay, find an hour. I don't care when it is. Find an hour every week, make it your own appointment with yourself. And that's when you write your emails. And as soon as you have four, however long that takes you, you'd be surprised if you only focus on doing one thing for an hour, how much you can get done. But as soon as you have four emails, then you can start sending them once a week, Mm -hmm. once a week. So that way you have what I like to call a content library, a fallback. If you want to go on vacation, if you're not feeling well, if something happens in the business, if you want to take two weeks off to finally go to Disney World, whatever that looks like, Mm -hmm. you at least have some in the bank that you can queue up for being ready for when you're gone. And that works because you're going to start building the habit. So after four weeks, usually people are like, oh, it takes me about an hour to run email. Great. So Mm -hmm. after four hours, four weeks, you'll have four emails. And then on week five, you send it. And then you write another email during the same time. So you mm-hmm. finally get that habit built in. Or and I tell write, people to start with one a week. Yeah. Or maybe in week five, write two or four more. Or, well, you know, I'm one of those people who I do this for a living. I do. Well, I've done this for a number of years. I didn't do it for a living anymore. But mm-hmm. um, I can knock out three to four emails in a 40 minute work session, probably. But when you're first getting started, it's difficult. You're not sure what to do. You're not sure where to start. So, you know, number one is to just have the time. You're going to start training your brain that it's time to write your emails. Whatever Mm -hmm. uh, is going to come out, if you just stare at your screen for an hour, well, you're going to realize that you better have a better method the next time because you don't want to stare at your screen for an hour. Um, But building that habit up is one of the best ways to start getting better at email marketing because you're just going to get used to writing. Sure. And then starting with once a week. If you can't manage once a week, don't bother using your email marketing system because yep. it's not going to be frequent enough for people to remember who you are. I don't know about you, Tom, but I've got about 10,000 unread messages in one of my main inboxes. So if it's only two, once every two weeks, I'm not remembering who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and actually on this very day, I am having a conversation with some of the people on my list who uh, received an email from me today. I send week daily emails. So Monday through Friday emails. And I accidentally human error on my part, sent an email that had the exact same subject line as the one that I sent yesterday. What's interesting about it is that it's trending that, you know, the whole process isn't finished yet, but it's trending toward having more opens today, identical subject line than the email I sent yesterday. And so I'm reaching out to the people who open both and I'm asking them, what, what gives out? Why do you open (laughs) 
why'd you open the email if it was the the same same subject subject line as the one you opened yesterday? And the answer I'm getting most is, well, I'm not even paying attention to the subject line. I see that it's from you and, and I open your emails. And that's the very point that you're making, Kimberly. If you are one of thousands or hundreds or whatever in the inbox and you're sending once every month or every couple of months, nobody is sitting there thinking, oh, great, it's the email from Kimberly that I've been waiting for. Whereas, Mm -hmm. and I say this not to brag, I say this to teach the principle. People tell me all the time, Every day, I look forward to receiving your emails. My open rates have gone up. My opt-out rates have gone down since I increased the frequency by which I send email. And the reason that that happened is because I'm doing what Kimberly has been preaching and what I preach, which is to write emails that are entertaining, that are are open-worthy, that people look forward to. So... I'm going to hand you the mic now and ask you what you tell your clients, how, when they say, all right, well, great. Once a week, what do I write? How do I make it entertaining? What are, what are the tips that you share with your clients about that? Yeah. So there's so many things you could write about in emails and I would challenge people to like, look back through the last two weeks of their email inbox and look at anything you did actually open and ask yourself, why did I open that one? Mm-hmm. And it goes back to Tom's point, right? So many times I'll get asked, what's the what's the way to craft the perfect, uh, you know, perfect subject line? Like, well, there is no such thing. And it doesn't matter because what really matters is that you consistently give great stuff in the inbox, mm-hmm. whether you're selling every day or you're never selling or you're selling. Sometimes it doesn't matter as long as people want what you're sending them then they'll start opening your stuff because they know it's from you, right? So number one is to be the mom in the inbox, right? If you get an email from mom, of course, you're answering it. And uh, this was my very first marketing lesson before I ever became a copywriter. I was teaching in Spain and uh, I wasn't going to renew my contract. And my mother sends me an email and the subject line was job opportunity, not spam. Well, I saw it was from my mother. So of course I was going to open it anyway, right? And then I looked at the subject line and I was like, oh, that's curiosity inducing. It's relevant. Mm -hmm. It's exactly Mm -hmm. what I want to hear about. Of course, I'm going to open it, right? So you want the same idea in your mind when talking about emailing your people, right? If it's going to be every day, if it's going to be every week, it needs to be some sort of frequency so they can expect to hear from you. Mm -hmm. And what I tell people about how to make your emails entertaining is to stop trying to be somebody else in your inbox. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the best pieces of advice I ever got was my very first conference. I went to a a conference for copywriters back when I was doing copywriting full-time. It was my very first conference and they had a job fair. So people actively looking to hire people. And you got the opportunity to pitch all of these people looking to hire freelancers. So I went to the tables. I did a couple pitches. I led in my first five gigs, I think, at the place. And one woman did me the biggest favor ever. And she told me, she's like, yeah, you know, you'd been emailing us beforehand because you can reach out to people before the conference. And we were thinking that, you know, you weren't a great fit to work with us because you were so stiff and formal and we weren't sure you were a right match for the energy of the company. But after meeting you in person, I can see you're energetic, you're fine, and I'm excited to work with you. Now, what was I doing? Uh, It was I had just launched my business. I knew nothing about running a business. And what did I know? I knew my high school English class on business letter writing. That's yep. what I was using to write my emails. Yeah. Well, obviously that was the wrong tack. So it was my first lesson in the importance of being yourself. 
So instead of trying to be like, oh man, I got to fit this right exact formula that, you know, I've got to fill in the blanks. I've got to use this template. I can't deviate from it. Be yourself and be authentic and tell your story. Awesome. 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 Such an important story. And Kimberly, we are going to turn this podcast episode into a uh, email writing little workshop. I am going to draft an email on the fly that goes something like this. My friend Kimberly told me an awesome story about the time that she went to a conference and um, in advance of the conference, she was sending out her super professional, super serious, super, I'm a, uh, you know, I know all the information and everything (laughs) that I need to get the job done emails. And somebody happened to run into her, realized what a cool person she is, what a great personality she has, and said to her, I almost passed you over because your emails were so stiff and boring and so forth and so on and so forth. I So what's the moral of the story? The moral of the story is, as Kimberly noted, that too many people, too many people wear this professional mask that hides who they really are. And, you know, you you work with coaches, I work with coaches, professional service providers, and so forth. And I've heard it, especially from lawyers and financial advisors Uh, and other professional service providers. Oh, I'm I'm not an entertainer. I'm a professional. And so I'm going to be professional. Well, if you hire these people and sit down in their office, they're going to make small talk with you. They're going to talk about their interests. They're going to get to know you. They're going to show you their personality. And that's the thing that's going to keep you wanting to work with them or hire them in in the first place. But when they put emails out there, they're putting, I'm a serious person with serious information. And now I'm going to share the serious information. Tip number one, tip number two, tip number three. (laughs) And it's the same garbage that everybody else is putting out there. And Or an AI is writing for them. Or if AI is writing for them, we could spend an hour in that rabbit hole. That's another topic. (laughs) And, uh, but, but a a couple of things that just happened there, Kim was that idea of lower the professional mask and be yourself is the tip. That's Mm. the, that's the topic. Okay. What did, what did Kimberly just do? Kimberly delivered a lesson by telling a story that's interesting and entertaining. And I, as a storyteller, basically thought to myself, oh, I'm going to borrow that story and turn that into an email with your permission. (laughs) Of course. Which is exactly what I'm going to do next week. I'll probably send an email that tells that story. And in so telling you this story and, and having this exchange, we're helping you all understand that those things that happen to you in your own life, those stories you hear from others, the things that you run into in television or in a book or at a conference, those are all little stories that you can weave into your emails to make points that you want to make. If all you do is make the point by saying, I'm a professional person with a very important point that I need to share with you right now, Good luck writing weekly emails because you're going to run out of points pretty quickly. Absolutely. And that's the important thing to remember is you need to be yourself. And Mm -hmm. that's the second tip that I give people, right? I talk about your three personal items. 
Because usually when I tell people they need to be themselves in email, the first objection I get is, but I don't want to talk about my family in my emails. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, great. Don't. You don't even have to mention that you have a family ever if you don't Mm -hmm. want to. Right. But could you talk to a random stranger on a plane about your love of science fiction or your love of travel or your love of, I don't know, what's something I hate, uh, tennis or golf? <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, you know, the first two are my two personal items. Uh-huh. Uh, but the third one, you know, it's whatever makes you a human being. Right. Mm-hmm. Especially now when literally the conversation is around. Well, now I'm wondering if a robot wrote this or a human did. Now it's more important than ever to be a human being when you're in someone's inbox because people have heard this before. I've said this before. I'm going to say it again, though. And then the reality is there are thousands of people that do what you do. I don't care what it is that you do, whatever it is that you do, whatever it is that you sell, whatever it is that you teach about, whatever transformation you provide, there are lots of other people who do. The Mm -hmm. reason why they're going to say yes to you is because they want to learn that from you. They want you to tackle their legal matters. They want you to tackle their health problems. They want you to tackle their work-life balance problems because you're you, because they like the way you talk about it. They like the way you look at things. They like the way you explain things. They like the fact that you have really cool hair, whatever it is, right? They like you. And so when writing your emails, a lot of people do struggle. Well, what should I write every week, right? It's, It's a lot. What should I write? I said, okay, we'll start with one of your three. What are your three personal items that you are happy to talk about with any person who approaches you at a conference and been like, hey, I read your email about X. Let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. If it's travel, if it's sci-fi, if it's uh, you know karaoke and dance music, I am in. Let's talk. Mm-hmm. Let's chat. I'm happy to. Right. I don't care if I know you or not. I'm happy to have that conversation. So use your three personal items and tell stories from that. So what are some of the personal items that you share in your email? Yeah. So the personal items I share are sci-fi. <laughs> Love of sci-fi, love of travel, and uh, love of dancing and or karaoke. Um, But some of my most memorable emails I've written, um, uh, for a long time, I actually had a podcast. It was about 100 episodes before we we quit because of the pandemic um, with another copywriter. It's called Chatting with Copywriters. And every episode would start with a random topic, and we would relate it back to whatever we were going to talk about that day. Mm -hmm. So some of my random topics were um, a trip to a grocery store. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one, the subject line was the barking seals on your homepage, which uh-huh. gets a lot of opens. Yeah. And uh, the other one was, you know, do you pass the front, um, the the hotel front lobby test? The hotel front lobby test. Do tell. Yeah. So the front, the hotel front lobby test was actually the first lead magnet I ever made. It was a five day email series about um, does your website uh, follow the right structure to get people in and to get them having a great experience. And so mm-hmm. number one is your homepage above the fold is the hotel front lobby. They want to make sure they're in the right place. Does the name match what they clicked on? They mm-hmm. want to make sure it's for them. Like, is this the place I should be? Or is this the place that like, I don't know, you know, I hate country clubs and the other people love uh hole in the wall restaurants or something, right? Like, mm-hmm. are you the hole in the wall restaurant top? Are you the country club type, whatever it is. Does the feel of it match the people you want to bring in? Um, So it's all these uh, questions to ask yourself about above the fold. That's your front lobby. Are people in the right place? Do they know where they're supposed to go next? Is there a concierge to point them to, hey, here's the next things you should check out? Um, Mm -hmm. All of those. Yep. Love it. 
love it. By the way, I'm going to translate lingo. Most people, or I, I assume many people know it. I have a background in the newspaper industry and we marketers talk about above yes. the fold on websites. And that's an old newspaper term when we get what the newspaper. When, what's that? I said, what are those? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, um, I actually used to read newspapers. It's fine. When, when you grab a newspaper, um, it's folded in the center. Mm-hmm. And the most important stuff on the front page is the stuff that you see when you're holding a folded newspaper. It's the stuff that's above the fold. And the analogy is the stuff that you see on the homepage of the website before you start to scroll. It's yep. the same idea. It's the above the fold content. And you're absolutely right. Do you tell the story? Do people understand I'm in the right place? And and same goes in an email. There, there's a sense. I mean, when somebody opens an email, your job is to get them to read from the first sentence to the next sentence, from the next sentence to the next sentence, and keep going. And if it's just I'm about to provide some information about some topic that you've probably read about 5,000 times. <laughs> nobody's going to keep reading. But if no. it's once upon a time, or let me tell you a story, or here's something interesting and funny that happened to me. And you all, and over time, you've built a track record of delivering on that promise. People are going to read and people are going to open. Mm-hmm. And then people are going to read and they're going to keep reading because they're going to find it entertaining. And woven into that is going to be the power of the information that you deliver. And people are going to trust that, oh, yeah, you do know your stuff. So absolutely. And that's one of the things people tell me all the time is they're like, you actually made the explanation make sense. Like mm-hmm. they're sure they've heard that about marketing before, but mm-hmm. it never made sense to them. So by putting it forward in a story, talking about, you know, going to a grocery store with one item that you wanted and leaving with a bunch more, how did that happen? You know, that makes it easy for people to understand because it's stuff they can relate to, right? And hey, you're a real person who like goes grocery shopping. How interesting. All of these principles that we're discussing, we frame this up as an episode about email, but all of these principles about putting your personality out there, building relationships, being human, all of it applies to all aspects of marketing, not just email. Oh, for sure. Not just uh, social and, and, and so forth. How do you apply it in other channels? Yeah. So you've already taken the time to write your emails. So there's nothing wrong with repurposing said emails out mm-hmm. into the greater world, if you will. But there is something to keep in mind, right? Um, are you, Where is it going? Mm-hmm. So I talk about the five C's and number one is clarify. Number two is connect. So clarify is know your audience, know what they're talking about. Connect is where are they hanging out? Where are you connecting with them? So people who are on your list are different than people who are uh, going to randomly see a post on social media and they don't follow you, mm-hmm. right? Because they don't know who you are. So you want to tweak what you send a little bit so that it's more for people who don't know who you are, don't know your language versus right. what you might put inside of your emails, which are people who do know who you are and do know your language. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, other ways you can use your story and, and use your authentic self. Um, you know, people talk about the power of video. If you're comfortable being on video, if you are not comfortable being on video, don't try and be on video. It's not going to be beneficial for you. If it's something you're looking to improve on, absolutely go take a course on how to be more confident on camera, how to feel confident on camera, and then you can move to that. But one of the things I find most frustrating 
is people take what I call tactics first marketing. Mm -hmm. I heard somebody tell me I need to go live once a week on Facebook. So I'm going to go live once a week on Facebook. It's going to be at 10 a.m. And usually they're trying to figure out what they're going to say at 9.59 and 30 seconds before they hit the play button. Right. And that's not a valid use of your time because you don't know how it falls into everything else. Right. Mm -hmm. I talk about word vomit and knowing what to say, because the reality is so many people are doing all the things because they've been told to do all the things, but they haven't been told that all the things need to have a pathway. They need to have a strategy. It needs to be interconnected. So if you're going to spend an hour of your week every week going live on Facebook, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? But you need to know how it ties into your strategy. Where do you want people to go next? What are you going to talk about? Can you announce it beforehand so you get better impact and more people watching when you actually do go live? There's Mm -hmm. so many things you need to have in mind when doing marketing. And to not try and spread yourself too thin. I know so many people talk about the power of omnipresence. You got to be everywhere. No, you don't. Yeah. No, you don't. Thank you. Thank you for saying that. It's it's so important. And what you were just talking about really ties back to to my my story. I ran this ESP, this email service provider company for 19 years. And I watched business after business chase the shiny tech squirrels. All right, we're doing email. Now we have to do social. Now we have to do text marketing. Now we have to, you know, ooh, TikTok. Let's do TikTok too. And and so they were always, <clears throat> pardon me, they were always looking for the next best tech tool. They were always mm. looking for the next best trick to use with that tool. Give me a better funnel. Give me a better, you know, automation, whatever it might be. And they were always wondering whether the tool and the tech was adequate. So if things weren't going well, they would say, oh, I need a better tool or I need a better funnel or I need a better automation widget. And off they would go in in search of the next squirrel. And I started Story Power Marketing because I recognized that 99% of the people who were spinning their wheels in their marketing were doing it because they weren't putting the right content into the tool or the funnel or, or the widget. And absolutely. <laughs> and yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it all begins with figuring out how you're going to present yourself, what you're going to say. And the beauty of it is that email as a medium to, to execute email is easy relatively. Mm. Once you've mastered these questions of how do you present yourself? What are the stories? How do you make it relevant? How do you make it entertaining? And uh, so Kimberly, how you, how do you work with clients? What's, uh, what, what's a relationship with Kimberly look like? Yeah. Thank you for asking. So I like working with clients closely. I'm not Mm -hmm. a fan of putting out a course that no one's going to be able to finish and then they still don't see the results. I like to watch people get their aha moments and the results. So I do small group programs. I also do workshops and trainings. So like I have a two-day boot camp where you can uh, put your leads on autopilot, uh, essentially create your entire lead gen funnel. Um, So it depends on what people are looking for support with, but uh, tends to be small groups, Uh, doing trainings, and it's uh, very much a get-it-done style. I believe in getting it done when you show up because Mm -hmm. who knows when you're going to find the time later, right? How many of us have been to those three-day events where we got so much great information and now I have a to-do list that's 70 items long and six months later, I've gotten to two of it 
because it's just so overwhelming. So I'm a fan of having the get it done style. So I do workshops and trainings uh, that I host in general. And then um, I also have year long programs where I help people put all of their evergreen marketing pieces into place. And I'm about to launch um, a cohort so that people can put all of the pieces of their launch in place. Love it. Love it. And how do you describe your ideal client? My ideal client is a business coach who's been in business about three to five years. Uh, They've done really great at the one-to-one. They want to expand to the one-to-many, whether that's growing a community, uh, putting out courses, or doing a group program of some kind. Mm -hmm. And they're looking to finally streamline their marketing processes. They've probably been guilty of doing spaghetti against the wall or word vomiting. They're like, I got all these ideas. I got all the things. I just don't know where to start, but I know there's got to be a better way. So I work with people who are ready to finally put that process and strategy in place, take what they've been doing, put it into a system that makes sense to them. And so they don't have to be wasting hours and hours every week on their marketing so that it fits into their schedule with the time they have, and then they can get the clients they want, which means they built the business they want and they they really get to make the impact that they want. Nice. Nice. And where can people find you if they want to follow up and get in touch? And what, if anything, do you have to, to offer as far as uh, signing up for the email list, lead magnets, anything like that? Yes. So if they want to explore a little bit, uh, that's the audienceconverter.com, the audienceconverter.com. Uh, I'm also on LinkedIn under Kimberly Whitecamp. I was one of the first, so it's actually my real name. Uh, so check the spelling <laughs> in the show notes. And um, uh, or if they want to reach out, contact at the audienceconverter.com. And uh If they are wanting to make email really powerful for them, not only do they need to make email number one great, they also need a welcome series. So Mm -hmm. I talk about uh, how to craft the perfect welcome series uh, in my freebie, and that's at theaudiencecovider.com slash giveaway. Nice. Nice. Last word. What do you have for us? Last words. Don't be afraid of email. It's the only real estate you actually own online. And it's uh, a great method for you to reach out and communicate with people in a mass way, but one-to-one because every person is reading their inbox one-to-one, even if you have a thousand people on it. Beautiful, beautiful. I have to elaborate on something you said. So it's the <laughs> second to last word, I suppose, by, uh, but because you said it's the only real estate that you actually own online. And I want to explain to people what you meant by that, because it's a really critical idea. So uh, we have all met, or certainly Kimberly's met, and I've met that person who has all their eggs in one basket on, on Facebook, Facebook ad campaigns, Facebook groups, this and that, and then something goes wrong. The, uh, you know, they violate some policy and Facebook pulls the rug out from under them. They're shut down. It stops working, whatever it might be. And that's an example of somebody who's operating on somebody else's real estate. Somebody else controls the on-off switch. Same with Google. You could be running campaigns and boom, all of a sudden Google changes the algorithm and nothing's working anymore. So the thing about email is that if you own a list, that list is yours. Now, you may want to switch email providers or you might run into issues with an email provider or the email provider may uh, stop having good delivery and you choose to switch. But that list, that's the playing field. That's the world that you operate and you own that real estate. And it's a critical idea. And it really is one of the biggest reasons that that smart marketers continue to invest in email marketing because A, it works. And B, it's much safer 
to operate in that playing field and to put emphasis on that than to play in those arenas where somebody else controls the the switches and and all the algorithms in the in the background. So thank you for closing with that point, Kimberly. Really important. Repeat your website again so people can find it and find you. Theaudienceconverter.com. Awesome. Kimberly, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And all of you who have listened or have watched, thank you. Go check out storypowermarketing.show, storypowermarketing.show to see other episodes, to get full video episode, full episode video, excerpt video, download the audio, uh, go to Apple, Spotify, wherever, leave a five-star review if you liked what you heard. And if you're not already on the mailing list for Story Power Marketing, go to our website, storypowermarketing.com, sign up for the emails. I practice what I preach. Sign up for Kimberly's email on her website, see what she's up to. And thank you all very much for spending time with us today on the Story Power Marketing Show. Take care. for listening to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich. If you liked what you heard today, visit storypowermarketing.com resources where you can sign up for Tom's entertaining, informative, must-read emails, download free business building resources, and discover other opportunities to help you harness the power of storytelling. That's storypowermarketing.com resources to help you captivate prospects, inspire them to act, and grow your business with greater ease and joy. Also, please remember to subscribe to the Story Power Marketing Show with Tom Ruich and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your favorite podcasts.